Mark chapter 4, we're going to begin our study there in just a moment, Mark chapter 4 and verse number 35. It is always a blessing to be able to come together and spend time with brothers and sisters in Christ, and I have been anticipating this day now for the last three months, and I want you to know how excited I am to be here this morning along with my wife Nikki and my son Joshua. We are thrilled to be a part of the team here that worships and that works together at the West Main Church of Christ. And so we look forward to uh, spending time with all of you over the coming days, weeks, months, and years ahead, and to work together for the cause of Christ, to give glory, honor, and praise to our great King, and to turn Louisville and the surrounding area upside down for the cause of Jesus Christ, to help people to see the blessings that are found in Jesus Christ and how they can be redeemed by His precious blood. So we're excited to be here. I'm really fired up right now, so the best thing for me to do is to get into the Word of God, and I invite you to study with us as we look at what the Holy Spirit has to say this morning. I want to call your attention to Mark chapter 4, and I want to begin in verse number 35 to prepare our minds to think about a couple of things. Mark chapter 4 and verse number 35. I also want to welcome the guests here real quickly. Thank you for being here. Come back and be with us again tonight at 5 p.m. You are welcome here. And if you ever have any Bible questions or anything, please let us know. Mark chapter 4 and verse number 35. Listen to what the Holy Spirit says. On that day when evening came, he said to them, talking about Jesus and his apostles, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? It's an amazing story, isn't it? With Jesus and his apostles getting ready to go to the other side of the sea and trouble came. Jesus was sleeping. Everything was fine with him. But his apostles looked around and saw the wind and the waves and saw that the situation was getting worse to the point that now they thought that they were going to die, that they were going to perish. And they woke Jesus up and said, listen, we need your help. And immediately Jesus spoke to the wind and to the waves and said, hush, be still. How amazing would it be if you were in that boat and you saw that miracle take place? The power that Jesus displayed at that time. How would you have felt? It would have been an amazing thing to be a part of. It's a favorite story of mine to see the power of Jesus. And to see how his apostles cried out to him. He rebuked the winds and the waves. And then it also seems like he rebuked his apostles because of their, their lack of faith. How amazing would it be if Jesus was physically here. And could instantly calm the storms of our lives. The storms of doubt, of anxiety, of worry, of chaos, the challenges that make us feel like that we are literally perishing. Wouldn't that be amazing that if he was here physically, we could just cry out to him and say, I'm drowning, I'm perishing. And all he would have to do was say, hush to whatever the problem was, be still. Well, we know that Jesus is not here with us physically, right? We know that he is reigning in heaven at the right hand 
of God. However, there's good news. We can cry out to our Savior, Jesus Christ. We can petition him in prayer, no matter what we may be going through. And even in the midst of storms that we may experience in our lives, Jesus is still able to provide us with the calmness, with the peace that we all really desire. Would you agree with that? He has that power, and we have great blessings in him so that we are able to have peace in our lives. In fact, I believe he wants us to enjoy peace in our lives. So much so that there's a passage in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. It's a phrase that stood out to me, a description of our Savior Jesus that I want us to consider for a few minutes this morning. I believe Jesus wants us to have peace in every circumstance. I want you to notice how Jesus is described. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse number 16, listen to what the Apostle Paul said as he was wrapping up his letter to the saints in Thessalonica. He said, Now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. The Lord be with you all. I understand that Jesus is described as the Prince of Peace, I believe in Isaiah chapter 9, and that he would come to establish a kingdom of peace. And yet, this is an interesting phrase that I had overlooked. I've read Thessalonians before. I know I've heard sermons from 2 Thessalonians. But it caught my attention when the fact that he's described as the Lord of Peace. Not only that, but Paul said, Now may the Lord of Peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance doesn't that sound great peace in every circumstance our theme for 2018 is becoming more becoming more like christ and we're looking at different virtues and the fruit of the spirit and we've talked about love we've talked about joy and this morning i want us to consider the idea of peace if we are following the lord of peace then it makes sense that we should also have peace in our lives he desires that we have a peaceful life that we are peacemakers and we are part of him and so that it should make sense that we have peace in our lives and this is what jesus wants us to what's he, what he offers us for those who follow him the question though is is it really possible it's one thing to talk about this but can we actually have it and can we actually enjoy it and what does that actually look like to have peace in every circumstance well the saints in thessalonica i believe that they had peace in every circumstance it didn't mean that everything in their lives were perfect but I believe that they had peace in every circumstance. We're not going to read the text in Acts chapter 17, but it was during Paul's second missionary journey that he went to Thessalonica, and as was his custom, he would go into the synagogue, and he would teach and reason from the Word of God, persuading individuals and helping them to see that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And there were those who believed in Jesus Christ. Later on in Acts chapter 17, Paul uh, and Silas, I believe, they would have to leave early because of the persecution that was taking place. So they were there only for a few short weeks, and this congregation was new. They, these were young individuals in the faith, and yet what's interesting is that they were strong in the faith. They were stable in the faith. And I believe that they had peace because they were in Jesus Christ, and that they could have peace in every circumstance. They were following the Lord of peace. And so I wanted us to see how we can have this same peace and what this might look like, having peace in every circumstance let's talk about that for a few minutes this morning peace in every circumstance as we talk about the concept of peace it becomes really important to understand that true peace if we're ever really going to have it is making sure that number one that we're right with our heavenly father in heaven true peace begins by making sure that we are right with our king in heaven those in thessalonica they had they were in a right relationship with god 
And if we're ever really going to enjoy peace in our lives, then it requires that we obey the gospel of peace, that we obey the Lord of peace. There are so many people today that are focused on peace in a variety of ways, which is great. A lot of people are focused on financial peace. That's excellent. That's something we need to talk about. A lot of people are focused on peace with other nations. That's great, too. Let's, let's go after that also. Peace among races. Let's uh, try to have that also. All of these things are great. Peace with family members. Why is it so hard to have peace among brothers and sisters and family members? I don't know, but that's what we're all striving to have. But the one relationship before everything else, the one relationship that we really need to think about the most, that we all need to be worried about, is making sure that we are right with our Heavenly Father. If we do not have peace with God, we are never really going to have peace in every circumstance. Our biggest problem, the world's biggest problem, is sin. And sin separates us from our Father in Heaven. The Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23 that the wages of sin is death. And when you look at the saints in Thessalonica, before these individuals obeyed the gospel of peace, they stood condemned. Before they repented of their sins, they were going to face the wrath of God when Jesus returns. I want you to notice in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we're going to stay primarily in these two letters here, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verses 9 and 10, I want you to notice what they had done, and as a result, what they were now delivered from. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 9 and 10, the Bible says, For they themselves report about us what kind of a reception we had with you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God. They repented of their sins. They turned away from the idol gods and turned to follow the true and living God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. That is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. Did you notice that? That is Jesus that rescues us from the wrath to come. Before they were right in the eyes of God or before they were in Christ and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, that is what they would have to look forward to, the wrath of God. Not being delivered from their sins. That is what they would have to come to understand one day, that they would be eternally separated from God. Paul would talk about that too for those who do not obey the gospel of peace or the Lord of peace. Look over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and look at verse number 6, Paul said, For after all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to give relief to you who are afflicted, and to us as well, when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Listen to this. Dealing out retribution to those who do not know God, and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. I can't even imagine what that's going to be like. I don't want to experience that either. But the idea of being eternally separated from the presence of God, you see, if we're ever really going to have peace in our lives, peace in every circumstance, the one relationship that we must get right is with our creator in heaven. Do you believe that? That is what we have to get right. And that's what Paul did when he went to Thessalonica. He preached to them, the gospel of peace. The gospel is described as that in Acts chapter 10 and verse 36. And when you look back in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, go back to chapter 1 and look at verse number 5. I want you to notice what Paul did when he went to that city. He preached Jesus Christ and he preached the gospel of peace. He said, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among 
you for your sake. He delivered to them the gospel message so that they could really experience peace in their lives. And as a result of that, now they had been rescued by Jesus Christ. They had been delivered from their sins. They were now reconciled to their heavenly father and put back in a right relationship with God. They now could know that they were right in the sight of God. Let's step out of Thessalonians real quickly here. I just want you to see this idea in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1. This idea of having peace with our Father in heaven. This is the critical part here. If we don't have peace with our King, then our lives are never really going to be what they truly can be. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, Paul said, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, friends, that is where we all have to begin. You want peace in every circumstance? Then it begins by making sure that you are right with your Father in heaven. Sin is a big deal in the eyes of the Lord. And I recognize in our society that we don't always talk a lot about sin. That is kind of marginalized and it's not really a big deal. You're not going to see it on any news network, the the idea of sin, the problem of sin. But sin is a big deal in the eyes of God. And what Jesus wants us to understand is that he is a solution to our biggest problem. And that is a problem of sin. He wants us to be reconciled to our father in heaven, the one who created us in his image. That's what those in Thessalonica received. And as a result of that, they could have peace in every circumstance. Think about this. From this point on, after these brothers and sisters in Christ obeyed Jesus, from this point on, it didn't matter whatever they would face they could know that they could have peace with the Lord. Even in the face of death, they could have peace in every circumstance. In fact, Paul would remind them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we're not going to read all of this, but he would remind them that he didn't want them to be uninformed. He didn't want them to be uninformed about who they were and what they had now in Jesus Christ. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 13, even in the face of death, he said, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep so that you will not grieve as you do the rest who have no hope. See, now they had hope. They had hope, and they could have peace, and they could have confidence in their relationship with God. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. That's the confidence. That's the kind of peace that all men, I believe, truly want. All men and women truly want in their lives, and that's what Jesus can offer all of us. Now, that did not mean that they never had any problems. They had internal peace or inner peace with God. But it didn't mean that their circumstances were always perfect. In fact, when you look at Thessalonians again, go back to chapter 1, and let's just look at a couple of passages here. There is a lot of disruption around their lives or in their lives. There are a lot of things that were taking place around them. In chapter 1 and verse number 6, Paul said, You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word and much tribulation. So they were still going through some difficult times. Because they were in Jesus Christ, it did not mean that everything now just, everything stopped and they never had any more problems. No. They were enduring tribulation, persecution. And that often happens when the gospel is preached, when people begin to follow Jesus Christ. They weren't the only Christians. Look at chapter 2 and verse number 1. For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain, but after we had already suffered. So you hear that? Paul's saying, look, I'm suffering too, just like you, and have been, and been mistreated in Philippi, as you know, 
we had the boldness in our God to speak to you the gospel of God amid much opposition. So even though they could have peace with God, and they did because they obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, it didn't mean that everything around them was all of a sudden just going to be perfect. Yet they could still have peace in every circumstance because they had the one thing that everyone needs. They knew that they were right with their God. And so I want to ask all of us this morning, if we desire peace in every circumstance, and it really begins with one key thought, do we have peace with God? How would you answer that question? Where are you, where am I in our relationship with our King? Are you in Jesus Christ? Or maybe someone today who has not followed Jesus Christ, who has not obeyed the gospel of peace. Then my friends, you're never really going to have the peace that, want, that God wants you to have. Now listen, we can have financial peace. We can have all the money in the world. We can have the best homes in the world. We can travel. We can meditate. We can relax. We can even go to the spa. Get a manicure and pedicure. And fellas, if you're bold enough, you could get one too. Nikki's looking at me. But all those things are ultimately not going to give us the peace that Jesus can offer us. So we need to ask ourselves, are we in the place? Are we in the one that can give us true peace? Peace in every circumstance. Christ came to deliver us from our biggest problem that will steal peace in our lives. That's sin. That's what he accomplished through the cross. We heard this in the Lord's Supper talk. We heard this in, our, in the songs that we're singing. And when we obey his words, you can go to sleep knowing that even if you die tonight, you can have confidence, assurance, peace, that all will be well with you. That's the confidence that Jesus wants us to have. I recognize that many of us here have already obeyed the Lord of peace, have obeyed the gospel of peace, for those of us who have, I want us to think about this. We truly need to embrace what we have. We truly need to appreciate and be confident in our salvation. Look over in 1 John chapter 5. Look over in 1 John chapter 5. And I want you to notice in verse number, in verse number 11. 1 John 5 and verse number 11. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. And he who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Listen to this. So that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence which we have before him. That if we've asked anything according to his will, he hears us. As God's people, we should know. We should have confidence. And I recognize that people can fall from grace, that people can depart from the Lord. But we should know and have confidence in our salvation in Jesus Christ. Knowing that Jesus has risen from the dead and that we are in him, that should give us peace in every circumstance. But the challenge sometimes is, do we really believe that? Do we really believe that we can have this peace? A peace that can surpass all understanding. A confident, confidence in our Savior Jesus Christ with what he's given us. I think many times that's where a challenge is for a lot of Christians. And so I think the solution to that, or if we're going to continue to have peace in every circumstance, it's going to require that we trust in the Lord of peace. We're going to have to fully trust in God, the one who has given us his word, the one who has given us these promises. When I look at the church in Thessalonica, go back to 1 Thessalonians, this was a young congregation. Paul went there in his second missionary journey. He may have been there about three weeks. 2 Thessalonians is going to be written about six months after that first letter. And when you read First and Second Thessalonians, 
you see a lot of faith. So I go through, I do Bible marking in my Bible, and uh, I underline faith with green, a line, uh, a, a green color. And so when I look at First and Second Thessalonians, what I see, I see a lot of green, I see a lot of faith. These men and women, they trusted in God. Look at chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians and verse number 3. Constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. Look at verse number 7. So that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia for the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth so that we have no need to say anything. Look over in uh, chapter or Second Thessalonians chapter one and look at verse number three. Second Thessalonians chapter one and verse number three. Paul said, "We ought always to give thanks to God for you, brethren, as is only fitting, because your faith is greatly enlarged." These men and women they trusted in God. They had great faith in Jesus Christ. They were strong Christians. They were fully converted to the Lord. They trusted the words of Paul as being the very words of God. There was no doubt. You go back to 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2 and verse number 13, I want you to see they had confidence. They had confidence in the gospel that was delivered to them. They had confidence in the words that had been delivered to them. And 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13, Paul said, For this reason we also constantly thank God, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God which also performs its work in you and who believe. You see the confidence that they had, the faith that they had, the trust that they had in the Lord of peace. They had been warned of afflictions that were going to come. Paul warned them of this in chapter 3 of 1 Thessalonians. In verse number 3, Paul said, so that no one would be disturbed by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we have been destined for this. For indeed, when we were with you, we kept telling you in advance that we're going to suffer affliction. We were going to suffer affliction. And so it came to pass, as you know. Paul was preparing them. You're going to go through some difficult times. And yet they still remain with the Lord. They still seem to be content in Christ. They still could have peace in every circumstance. That's because they knew God. They trusted the words of the Holy Spirit. They were following the Lord of peace and knew that if they remained with him, they too would have peace in every circumstance, no matter what they faced. So the question for us is, is it possible for us to have peace in every circumstance? The answer to that obviously is yes, but it's going to require that we trust God. You remember the story that we read a few minutes ago in Mark chapter 4? When Jesus told his apostles, what did he say to them? What did he say? Let us go to the other side. He said, we're going to go from point A to point B. And in the middle of all of that, they started doubting. They started thinking, look, we're going to perish. We're not going to make it. What was the question that Jesus asked them after he silenced or hushed the wind and the waves? What was the question that he asked them? Where's your faith? I wonder sometimes if he's asking us the same question. Where's your faith? You've seen the miracles in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You've seen my providence in your life and how I rescued you from sin. That's the biggest thing that he's done. Where is your faith? Brothers and sisters, I think Jesus wants us to really think about that question. If we're going to have peace in every circumstance, it's going to require that we truly believe what he says. That we truly believe that the Bible is the word of God. That's the very inspired words. 
Now, this is so easy for me to stand up here and say all this. I'm comfortable right now. The air condition is perfect. I'm not sweating, which is a great thing. You don't want to see that. You saw that in October. You don't want to see that again. We're feeling good, hopefully, but it's hard to believe this when the storms of life begin to batter and and hit us like waves did with the apostles. It's hard to say I'm going to have this calmness and this peace and this trust and faith in God when you see that your marriage is crumbling right before your eyes. It's hard to have this peace when you see your children are going down a path that you have warned them time and time again and they're not listening. It's hard to say I can have this peace and trust in God when the doctor says that you have cancer or some other ailment. It's one thing to talk about trust in God. It's one thing to say that I'm going to remain with him, but it is difficult when we find ourselves in that boat and feel like we are perishing. Where we've got to cry out to God, help me, because I'm drowning. The apostles felt overwhelmed. They cried out to Jesus, and he asked them, where is your faith? You see, the devil wants us to doubt. He wants to steal the peace that God wants to offer us to fully enjoy. He wants fear, uncertainty, and doubt to consume our hearts. He's always busy trying to disrupt the peace that God has already given us. He, he, dis- he, tra- he got in the way of Paul in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 18. Paul said, I tried to go see you, but I couldn't because the devil hindered me. That's what he's trying to do in our lives. He wants to do the same. But our Savior is constantly reminding us Do not worry. You don't have to live a life of chaos and fear and worry. Look at the lilies of the field. Look how they are clothed. And if I can take care of them, then I'm going to be able to take care of you. I'm going to provide you the very things that you need. This is what Jesus wants us to know. Do not worry. And so we're going to have to trust that he will do what he says. God is faithful. And even the saints in Thessalonica needed to hear that. Look back in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse number 23. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 23, the Bible says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Notice he said the God of peace, the Lord of peace, the God of peace. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved, complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful, there it is, is he who calls you, and he will also bring it to pass. You see, we've got to trust in God because he is faithful. If we're going to have peace in every circumstance, First, obviously, we've got to obey the gospel, but then we've got to trust what God says. We've got to believe his word, that his word is the right way, and that what he tells us, the promises that he gives us, that they will surely come to pass. When we begin to feel like we're perishing, like the apostles felt, we need to pause. We need to reflect with what God has already done. We need to let that bring us peace and confidence. We also need to make sure that we do one more thing. We're going to have peace in every circumstance. We've got to make sure that we live a life of peace. We're talking about peace, and Jesus is Lord of peace. The Father is God of peace. Naturally, there should be some peace in our lives. There should be a natural ripple effect of having peace in our lives. Jesus uh, talks about those who are going to follow him in Matthew 5. We're, we're going to be peacemakers. We should live a life of, of peace. The saints in Thessalonica, they obeyed. They trusted in the Lord of peace. And as a result, I believe they also naturally lived a life of peace. Paul commended them time and time again. They kept growing in their faith, and he kept telling them, you excel still more. What the saints in Thessalonica did, they believed the word of God. And they believed that if they trusted in God, listened to God's word, that they would live peaceful lives, that their lives would be good. They strived to stay away from sinful actions that would disrupt the peace that God desired for them to have. Look quickly 
at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And I want you to notice in verse number 1. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 1. Paul said, finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as how you ought to walk and please God, just as you actually do walk. So what Paul's going to tell them is, here's what I want you to do. You guys are doing it. I want to remind you, though, that you excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Paul gave them instructions. You abstain from this type of lifestyle. Because it's not going to bring you peace. It's not going to bring you what you truly want. And that's exactly what they were doing. They were listening to the words of Paul. They were living a life of peace by avoiding sinful behavior that would disrupt and take away their peace. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, look at verse number 11. Paul would say, therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also are doing. But we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction and that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. They were to live a life of peace among one another, among the the shepherds that were watching over them. And that's what they were doing. They were living a life of peace by trusting in God's word and by following the Lord of peace. And even when it came to uh, church matters, when it came to uh, church discipline, possibly, as Paul would talk about in Second Thessalonians chapter three, I believe they could still have this life of peace and enjoy this peace in every circumstance because these men and women, they were following in the footsteps of Jesus by trusting in God's word and by being obedient to him. And so they trusted his word. And as a result, it was demonstrated in their lives. They would live a life of peace and people could see that they had something unique that they had something special. And that was because the peace of Christ was ruling in their hearts. And the same is going to be true for us. If we have obeyed the gospel of peace and we trust his word, that's going to be the result, even, uh, even in difficult circumstances. We're going to be able to, to live a life of peace, and people are going to see that there is something different in us, that Christ is ruling in our hearts, and that his words are going to guide us and influence us, and that we're going to uh, seek to avoid the things that will disrupt peace, like not listening to his words, and our relationships, and how we handle certain situations, and how we even work together. We will seek peace and reconciliation with one another quickly. We'll handle matters that could potentially disrupt the peace that God has given us in the proper way. We'll strive to live in peace with all men, even to the best of our ability. If we're going to have peace in every circumstance, and this is what we can have, then we've got to follow these this we got to follow this pattern that we find in in Thessalonica where they trusted they obeyed and as a result of that they lived out the very things that Jesus wanted them to live out they followed in the footsteps of their savior of our savior living a life of peace in every circumstance it sounds good it is good it's possible it's doable it's something that God wants for us whether it's with brothers and sisters in Christ whether it's with our neighbors, whether it's with our family members, no matter who it's with, God desires that we have peace in every circumstance. And it's only going to be available through His Son. And His Son, Jesus Christ, is waiting to calm our storms and to give us the blessings, the confidence that we all can have. The question is, are we going to allow Him to do so? If you're not in Jesus Christ, my friend, then you're never going to have the peace that you truly can have. So we want to invite you to follow the Lord of peace who died on the cross. And through his blood, 
you can have peace with your Father in heaven, and you can have the life that God truly wants you to have? Are you willing to believe and to study the Scriptures that He is the Son of the living God? Are you willing to confess that you believe that? Are you willing to be immersed in water where you will reach His blood, which will wash away all of your sins? The Lord of peace wants to deliver you, to rescue you, and to reconcile you to your Father in heaven. If that's what you desire, come now as we stand and as we sing. Dios.